0: Hey guys, it's Jerry. I just wanted to say I'm so sorry about the technical difficulties on last week's show. For whatever reason, the last six minutes did not play. So what I wanted to do is give you what you were missing out on, so you're not thinking we're just doing purposely uh, cliffhangers. What I want to do is uh, I'm going to pick it up a little bit before it cut off, so uh, it's a nice clean start. And I hope you enjoy the end of the show. Sorry once again for the difficulties. Now you've moved forward just a little bit longer and those feelings kind of went away to where now he's feeling suicidal. Uh, they found out that he was fit to stand trial and he decided against his attorney's wishes to plead guilty. He called his dad uh, to tell his dad that he was going to plead guilty and to forgive him for that, which... I imagine his dad probably didn't want to have shit to do with him.
1: Well, I would say not.
0: And when his dad found out that he was the killer, um, there was a press conference with his dad, and his dad just said that he just sat and cried.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, because he said he knew he had issues, and just to know that his his son that they brought up yeah. was responsible for killing six people and wounding seven others hmm. in a year's time, and causing so much other havoc and terror on a city that it just was too much to handle. So I don't know why he would even call his dad to say, hey, I'm sorry for pleading guilty. Well, what, you did it. I mean, what, well, yeah. the pleading guilty part ain't what you need to be apologizing for. Yeah, I'm Maybe. just
1: imagine how hard that is on his dad to have to live with that. And.
0: and his dad by this time was like in his late 60s. like 67, 68 years old. So mm-hmm. he was starting to be an older guy. And, uh, so anyway, so in, in May 1978, he pleaded guilty. Two weeks later... On on the day of the sentencing, this is weird in its own self. He threw this tantrum, right? Mm-hmm. He broke the restraints that they had him on.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: He went into the courtroom. They get you know finally cr- crouling, get him into the courtroom. He sees Stacy Moskowitz's mom, and he starts saying, "Stacy was a whore. Stacy was a whore." To the what mom. The hell? And then he screamed, that's right, I killed him, and I'd kill him all again. Well, they pull him out of the courtroom. June 13th, which was about two weeks later, they bring him back in. And this time, he's like a completely different person. He's completely calm and Mm -hmm. all that. And the judge sentenced him to life. He gave him basically a 20, I think it was 25 years for each one of the murders, which was six. And the judge said that he wished he could give him the death penalty, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he couldn't because that's wouldn't what what was voted on by the jury. But he, the judge, flat up said, "I wish I could give you the death penalty." So he started off his days in Attica, famous Attica prison in yeah. New York, and then he comes out and says he never heard any voices; he made that up.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez!
0: <Yeah>. He was <sighs> almost he was almost killed by an inmate, and then he eventually admitted that he hated women. Especially women that danced. He thought they were too sensual.
1: <laughs> what the hell is wrong with his brain? And
0: then he said that he attacked women in cars mainly. Because if you notice, most of these they happened were in cars. Car. And he attacked women in cars and mainly people that were making out because he was trying to stop more illegitimate childbirths like his.
1: All right. Well, he just pissed off because he ain't got him none.
0: Apparently, I bet he's getting some. Maybe in the not, prison, maybe not what he was looking for. But <laughs> so for 14 years, he pretty much kept silent. But in 1993, this whole thing took a different turn. He came back in the news because he said that all of the murders were a satanic satanic plot. Hmm. That the cult that he was in, you know, he killed three, but the cult was responsible for the rest. But he was an accomplice and he said it was a conspiracy to create chaos in new york city by this satanic cult you talk to um any of the experts the fbi experts and stuff they say that they just don't believe this for yeah. a second i mean now he says that the reason he pled guilty was to get out of the cult because if he didn't they were going to kill family and everything else well, the FBI experts were like, well, first of all, he was a guy that wants all the credit. He's not somebody that's going to be in cahoots with anybody. Yeah. He wants all the credit. Right. And second of all, he was so unstable, nobody that was really trying to do something like it would have him as part of it. Yeah. Because he was untrustworthy and he was a loose cannon, so you didn't know what to expect. Well, 1987, he got moved to the... Uh, Sullivan Correctional Institute, which pretty much is nothing but hardened criminals. Mm-hmm. These are the worst of the worst. It's there that he met a uh, preacher. I'm sorry, it's not there, but that's where he's continued on. But in 1978, he had a preacher by the name of Don Dickman. It's a good name for a preacher. Mm-hmm. Don Dickman in 1978 wrote him a letter that said, God still loves you and Jesus can save you. Then he moves in 87 to the corrections and in '87, he was actually born again, so he says, his new name is Son of Hope, as he called himself. and he started working as a chaplain. He started uh, there was a one section of the uh, the prison that was strictly for people that had developmental issues, mm-hmm. they had some uh, you know maybe they weren't the sharpest knives in the door yeah. and all that. He was the only person that had the uh, an, the ability or the clearance, I should say, to be able to go down to that ward. And he would go down there and help them, like, make their beds and talk to them and try to um, try to basically be a preacher. And that's what he does to this day. Now, a lot of people say that they think that that's all an act. It's just a ploy to be able to try to get paroled. Yeah. But he knows he's never getting paroled.
1: So he still is alive.
0: Yeah. He's still alive.
1: How old is he, I wonder?
0: Um, he was born in 53. Okay. so you were born in 50, 50 I was born in 63
1: 63 mm-hmm. you sure uh, yeah okay so he's probably what 64 now yeah maybe
0: so Paul McCartney could sing songs about him when I'm 64 yeah would you still kill me even <laughs> if I short hair when I'm 60
1: oh that's terrible oh that's really bad
0: anyways that's uh, I don't
1: know why I was thinking he was a lot older than that
0: so, anyway, that is the basic story of the Son of Sam. Now, does that sound like a, just the, the, all the basic elements that you would expect a serial killer to have in her lifetime?
1: Well, it's pretty bizarre, and I don't know. I, just, I, I I, mean, in one sense, I feel sorry for him in the beginning of his life, but, you know, I, in the end, I sure don't. I mean, he should never have killed all those people, but I just think... He had a horrible start from beginning to end. So,
0: but I think he had he had a couple of loose screws to begin with. Mm-hmm. Because even though he had the love and everything as a kid, I mean, when you start feel, feeling like your dad, your original or your biological dad's going to come hunt you down and kill you because your mom died at birth, and yeah, and I you're don't know like, how does
1: that even get in your mind? And you're like, as a kid, six,
0: seven, eight years old, right. and stuff like that. I mean, who knows? Though maybe if he wasn't told. That his mom died at birth, maybe that would have changed everything. Yeah, it's I mean, just,
1: it might have. I mean, it seems like that's what his whole life's adventure was based on. And same. I just think that's a terrible thing. I mean, how many other kids could that have, might affect that way? It's sad. It is it's very sad. sad for everybody involved. Yes, it is.
0: Guys, thank you so much for your patronage. And we hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, if you've got any stories that um, you want to use for the next listeners' episode, which will be. Yeah, coming up in a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. These things creep up on us really quick. Make sure you send us a message, and I'll try to get you on the show. I am trying just to get people on the show right now that haven't been on yet. So if uh, And I know I talked to a few of you about making a repeat appearance with some other stories, but I want to get through uh, this next month on brand new people. So if you haven't sent us a story yet and you want to be on the show, give us a holler, and we'll call and record your story.
1: Yeah, and send us some intros. We'd like to have some Yes. Uh, neat groovy intros for the show you know
0: what That that's actually an awesome idea i think you guys should come on and do an intro send us an intro and basically say you're a proud patron supporter yeah
1: there you go
0: that would be cool for us to have some of those from you guys mm-hmm. to be able to let you stand out a little bit so yeah. uh, when you get those send them to my email jerrypauly at com. Or you can send it through Facebook Messenger or or, um, however you want to do it. But, yeah, I think that would be really cool to have some messages from you guys that are patrons.
1: Yeah, it would be fun to hear what you got. All
0: right. Thank you, guys, and we will see you soon.
1: Love y'all.